Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I'm Dina DiCastro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. Hello, everyone. Today, Dina and I are going to be talking about the ascendant, which is often misunderstood. We chose this topic because we're both Gemini risings, and some people really over-identify with their ascendant. So I'll give you a little explanation about what the ascendant truly is and why it's also important to know your birth time. So the ascendant is the exact degree of the zodiac sign that's rising over the eastern horizon at the time of your birth. When you know your exact time, it aligns your birth chart. So you get your ascendant, the planets align in the houses that they are supposed to be in, and it gives the full story of you. The ascendant is the the way you appear to others and the impression you make, your personal style. I like the quote that says that the ascendant is the path that leads us to our sun. It's sort of the vehicle that we arrive in. So Dina's going to talk a little bit about um, our experiences with the ascendant. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that we both have Gemini rising. We know a lot of people with Gemini risings all around us. I'm married to one your close friend is one and my friend too. Uh, I have a couple other friends with Gemini rising. And so this So one, do I. Do you really? So it's like a pervasive Gemini rising club. So we will focus on other rising signs too in this episode, but we'll talk about our experiences with Gemini rising and you can get a an understanding of just how the rising sign in general impacts uh, impacts you. So one of the questions that I had going into this is, you know, what does the rising sign do as we get older? How does it change as we get older? Because for myself, I've seen a big difference between the way that I expressed that rising sign when I was young versus how it expresses now that I'm older. And I've heard other people say similar things. Um, We're going to talk about our own experiences with this. But for me, I'll just say, you know, typical Gemini traits are this, you know, you'll read the pop astrology lore about Gemini's being very chatty and talkative, verbal, um, curious, youthful, you know, those are some of the Gemini uh, descriptions. When that's the rising sign, that is then the thing that we're showing on the outside, not necessarily who we are on the inside. And so in my case, I have the sun and the moon, uh, sun in Cancer and moon in Taurus. Those two signs tend to be more low-key and introverted, uh, tend to be more inwardly oriented. Gemini 
is, you know, definitely wanting to connect and, and ask questions and engage in conversations. And so there's a difference between my rising sign and my sun and moon signs. You know, there's a big uh, kind of a gap between how those two things express. What I saw when I was young was that I was very talkative, <laughs> extremely to the point where in school, I would always get in trouble for it. And so I have stories of, you know, uh, I'd come home and on my report card, I would show my mom my report card and she would say, oh, you got in trouble for outside talking again or <laughs> talking during class again. <laughs> and it was literally in almost every report card growing up that Dina still has struggles with talking during class. And <laughs> that's the only little problem we have with her <laughs> is that she just can't shut up. Um, so I was chided for that a lot growing up and apparently didn't stop me, um, at that time. <laughs> and I, I remember too, uh, I was curious about everybody. I would ask questions of just random strangers and neighbors, um, and older people I was really curious about, I'd want to hear their stories. Like I was one of those weird kids that liked to listen to old people's stories. <laughs> so we had this neighbor that was 90 years old and I would always talk to him over the back fence. And I was sitting there, you know, talking to him over the back fence and asking him questions about his life and yada, 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 just blabbing. And my dad came up behind me and picked me up. I was probably about five or six. And he said to the guy, I'm so sorry. You know, if if you let her, she'll just talk your ear off. This surprises me about you. <laughs> I remember feeling I like. I mean, in... yeah. No, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's my point. That's my very point is I'm certainly not like that now. And I certainly haven't been like that for a good 25 to 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> of my life. But when I was a kid, it was just like Gemini run mm -hmm. rampant. And I was not known for being shy. I was not, I was th quite the opposite. I was always into everybody's business and, you know, often called the, the word used to be precocious. <clears throat> People would tell me I sounded like a walking dictionary, you know, um, typical Gemini stuff. And so I was way into that Gemini area of expression, you know, even through high school. And, and then somewhere, I think late 20s, 30s, that started to change. And then I began to identify more with the sun and the moon sign, I think, or to integrate them more, maybe. That's my question is what, what happened? You know, what, what um, caused that shift? And then I became known as like the shy one in groups and the quiet one and the good girl. And, you know, cause I had like a rowdy group of friends in my thirties. Um, and that, you know, was a whole different identity that I was trying on. I was, they would have been surprised to know about that young, you know, girl that couldn't shut up yeah. either. <laughs> so that's, that's a question I want to put to you, Katie is, is how have you experienced it over time? And any commonalities or differences there with, with my story? Mine's actually really different. I feel like I am embracing that idea of the twins, right? So one minute I'm one person and another minute I'm mm. the other. And I really identify with my ascendant, but I think more, uh, I think that's more about just 
me being such a mercurial person, meaning that I have Gemini rising, I have a Virgo moon, which is also, you know, attached to Mercury. I have my sun and Mercury in Scorpio, but they're in Virgo's house. So I just feel very attached to being a mercurial person. Although I too am pretty introverted. And so I think it gets confusing for people because they see me as somebody who's witty and joking around and interested. And um, then, you know, that, that I can only do for so long. And then I go into sort of this deep introversion. So people who think that I'm fun loving Mm -hmm. and vivacious and, you know, whatever they think of me, um, outwardly expressive and maybe extroverted. I think they get caught off guard when I have this tendency to pull back or say, uh, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, I, I, um, I'll always come to a party and I'll say, I'm only staying for 10 minutes. And then I wind up being like the last mm-hmm. person to leave because I'm, if I get comfortable in a situation, then I'm just blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know? So that usually happens with mostly my Gemini ascendant friends. Uh, I feel like we always spend, mm-hmm. you know, hours chitter chatting about shit. So, um, but when I was yeah. younger, I mean, there was this brief time where I was very interested in reading and I just had all kinds of books and I just, I just would read, 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 read. This was when I was really young and just learning how to read. And my mom also, I remember this story. I, it's like one of my very first memories. I was probably five or six and my mom and I were taking this train trip to Minnesota and I escaped from our little pod and must have taken a walk. And then this old lady had her door open and she had like this really nice car with a rocking chair in it and a queen size bed. And I'm just sitting in there in the rocking chair chatting with this old lady, like asking her questions like you. And my mom found me in there. and was like, I'm sorry about this, you know? So I know that when I was really young, like you know, before I was six, I know that I was expressing that Gemini piece, which was such curiosity and chattiness with older people, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, then at at six, when I started school, I like completely clammed up and I spent all of my years in, you know, grade school, junior high school feeling very vulnerable and shy and withdrawn. And it wasn't until probably my thirties where that Gemini came out again. And, and Mm -hmm. there was a lot of nervous chatter. I would say, I think you, you and I talked about this or you said something about this where you feel you would come home from something and feel like maybe you over talked or shared too much. Did you say that to me? Oh, I I know I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I would ask the question of myself, and I know I can think of a few occasions 
I mean, it memories that stand out in my mind that I'm really like cringy about where I, I know I overtalked at parties and gatherings and, and things like that. And people who know me now may find that really hard to believe, uh-huh. <laughs> but when I was younger, that was definitely a thing. And then going through that transition, whatever was happening in my thirties to a, a kind of a different identity, that's when I started to question, like, am I talking too much? And then I would find, yeah, sometimes I do, you know, depending on the situation. Um, and then I get really self-conscious about it. Like you're saying, yeah, you know, it's for me, I just so. feel like it's this need. Sometimes I've noticed like, I'll use my daughter for an example. She'll hate this. Um, that like, I know that we've been in the car before and she's a Taurus and she's sort of just as she's got Scorpio, Scorpio moon and Scorpio rising. So she's pretty, you know, quiet, keeps to herself. She's not a big shitter chat person like me. And I'd be in the car, yeah. you know, there's silence. And then I'm just like, blah, 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 da, 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 or I'm humming, or I have to, you know, do my, my nervous chitter chat about my cats or, you know, just like stupid (laughs) shit. And she's like, I'm sure she's like, why do you have to talk so much? Like, can we just be quiet? Um, and then I being a Taurus with two Scorpio things, she probably (laughs) would prefer the silence. Right. (laughs) Just like you're too loud. You talk too much. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So I, yeah, I, I remember when I, when I first went to an astrologer and had my chart read and he was like, oh, you're Gemini rising. And I was like, no, all Geminis are liars. I don't want to be a Gemini. And he's like, um, Katie, you have a lot of like dark planetary energy in your chart. And if without that Gemini, you know, you would you probably wouldn't come out much, you know? And Hmm. I feel like that is true. You know, like, so I really, I think from then on, I really embraced that Gemini piece of me maybe a little too much. Yeah. I mean, this leads to a point that I've I've been thinking about with the ascendant, the rising sign that, um, that we have it for a reason. We have it for, protection. You know, that's one of my ideas about how it works. It protects us to some degree from people getting in there uh, and, you know, knowing us more than we want to be known, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, if we learn to use it skillfully, we use it like a shield almost, you know, a deflector shield (laughs) to a certain degree. And then also it's, it is, um, it's, something that we do have to learn to integrate uh, and use skillfully and not overdo. And Mm -hmm. the overdoing of the Ascendant is a concept that uh, I got from Jodi Forrest's book on the Ascendant, where she talks about the potential of overdoing your Ascendant and underdoing what's on the Descendant. The Descendant uh, is the, the sign that's opposite the rising sign. It's the sign that was literally setting on the Western horizon when you were born. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about the descendant too, and how like you can balance the 
rising sign Ugh. by knowing the sign that's on the descent. I know. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have fun talking about this. <laughs> I know where we're going. Um, because often what's on the descendant, the setting sign, we'll call it, is what you really do need to integrate more of, but you tend to project out onto others. Mm. You attract people who have those qualities in big cartoonish ways, and they are showing you, this is what you need to be more of, but you're like, no, I don't want to be that. So there is a relationship between the rising sign and the setting sign. We're pretty often comfortable with you know, showing the characteristics of the rising sign. And it could be like a good show that we put on for the world. But there's this piece with the setting sign too that can help us to balance and integrate both. Um, so what do you think about that? Because we, we both have the same uh, setting sign, which is Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. I'll let you go first. Oh my God. So Sagittarius people don't hate me please, because I have this. <laughs> Here we go. I, I, the controversy begins. I've always had trouble with Sag energy. I, I feel like, and it's probably because it is so big. Like you said, it's just mm -hmm. like, it's so blown up for me. And so mm -hmm. I have this tendency to draw in the Sag people that, um, that that sort of overdo it and honestly like I, I feel like fun is not necessarily my middle name like it's, even though it might seem like it sometimes with my Gemini rising sure. it's like it is like such a mask you know I'm sort of in some ways a buzzkill you know because I really enjoy getting in there with people and depth and talking about sort of taboo things with all my Scorpio stuff. So Sag to me seems like a goof off. And, um, and, and also like sometimes the philosopher can drive me nuts too, you know, that, mm. that, um, but more that big Sag energy. That's just like, like that overdoes things. I always yeah. have a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, have a, a string of Sagittarius type boyfriends in my youth. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, there are these like big energy, no filters, super confident. I call them like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Um, and that ultimately for me gets exhausting to be around all the time. Yes. You know, it's, it's like, the, the fire in that burns me up, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm, I'm a earthy, watery kind of gal mostly with very little fire and being around that much fieriness will, can burn me out, especially if they're doing it in a dysfunctional way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have serious yeah. judgment around that. And, and mm -hmm. I, I think part of it is, you know, my Virgo stuff that's always like, mm, um, get it together. But yeah, it burns me out too. And it always makes me feel like I'm dealing with like a juvenile or, you know, <laughs> I, I, but, it, but again, like I also can appreciate that energy because it's something I definitely don't have, you know, the optimism right. and the, you know, um, live each moment to the fullest sort of thing 
is has been something that's really eluded me because of my well, I know seriousness all the time. No, I totally hear you on we have that in common, the yeah. seriousness for for different reasons in our charts. And what I know is that I need more sage energy and that some of the most important people in my life, you know, whether they're actually sun sign Sagittarius or they have like a moon in Sag or they have just a lot of Sag Jupiter kind of stuff in their chart. There are people that are, have been huge for me in my, um, my own development, people that I really love that are my, you know, my heart and soul people, like they have a lot of this, this saggy kind of stuff. And I know I need it um, in myself, though. Mm-hmm. I need to bring it more into myself. And it's the, with sag, I think it's the joy, the laughter, the humor, the taking it all in stride. Like, boy, do I need more doses of that. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the joy. I yeah. just have, that's been something that's high on my list this year. It's like, I've got to embrace that mm-hmm. more. I agree. So have we redeemed ourselves in, in talking about Sag? Because like what, what we want to say, I think in, in all of these conversations we're going to have is there's the light and shadow to every sign. Mm-hmm. And we, we're never shaming any particular sign when we say some things about it that might sound to the negative. It's like they they can be displayed in either way. Um, and you can embrace the the high road of any sign, you know, as much as the low road. The shadow piece of it. So when, you, when something bothers you like that, it's really this shadow part of you that, you know, you want to deny. Right. So my friend. Right. It's like. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, how dare they be so confident and carefree? Right. Because I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Calm down. Yeah. Come down to yeah. my level of being a buzzkill. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I I had a friend who told me I was complaining about sad energy, and he was like, you know, this is the way that that I learned it is that 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 whatever's on the descendant is your cheerleader and um so then i thought about that like i don't have a lot of sag sun friends but i do have a lot of sag ascendant or people who have lots of sag stuff in their charts like you said and my mm-hmm. husband's a sag moon i freaked out when i found that out uh but <laughs> But I would say that all of those people that have that Sag energy have always been my biggest supporters. They've always said, you know, like, keep going. You can do this. You're great at this. You know, I have to say that's true for sure. Yeah. You know, it's helpful to understand the polarity of the rising sign and the setting sign or the descendant so that you can know, you know, what your issues might be with Mm -hmm. uh, the thing on the the setting point, the descendant, and also understand like the the rising sign is there to be used skillfully, but not to be overly identified with. Yeah. And I think what I'm, what I was getting at when I was thinking about all, all those stories from when we were younger is I was way overdoing Gemini in a very unconscious way. Now I was just a kid you know, but it was showing me like, this is what happens when you really overdo this. It got me into trouble quite often. One last thing I'll say about 
Gemini rising in me is the piece about gossiping. Oh, yeah. Um, the shadow shit of Gemini uh-huh. is gossiping. And I definitely got myself into trouble um, one time in high school around that. And one time, of course, more than one time I got in trouble around that. A couple times that, again, are like cringy, shameful memories where I blew a friend's secret and went and told it to somebody else. And it you know, basically got me cast out of this group of friends because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And I learned that lesson early, thank goodness, you know, and I now it's like you couldn't get a secret out of me with a knife to my throat because I'm really good at keeping secrets. Uh-huh. But in my youth, I had to learn that the hard way through a couple traumatic <laughs> things where I blew it big time, you know, and said something I shouldn't have said. And that's you know, what actually the danger road is with, with any rising sign and overdoing it is you can really play out the shadow to the extreme, I think. Yeah. I had gossipy times in my life and luckily I don't remember, maybe somebody else will remind me of this, but I don't remember ever getting in trouble. I feel like I'd ran my mouth in a way that was just not maybe not nice, you know, or judgmental. Mm-hmm. And I feel like secret, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good secret keeper because of my Scorpio stuff, but, but I have just like chatted to chat. Right. And sure. I, I didn't like myself for doing that. And I think that I really mm-hmm. made a concentrated effort to s- try to stop that, to not, to not do that anymore, to know like, Ooh, boy, that would feel really bad to me if I knew somebody else was saying that about me, even if it was true, you know, it's just like, Ooh, that's such a gross thing. Yeah. I've really reined that one. And I think you have too, right? I mean, you, you learned your lesson. I I hope so. Yeah. I don't, don't. it definitely, (laughs) Go ahead. It still comes up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, no, it still comes up and I still have to make decisions about, oh, remember, you know, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Um, that it definitely still comes up as a temptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot more perspective on it now than I used to. And a lot more practice in keeping secrets because when you work with clients, you just have to. Yeah. Um, you basically can't talk about your work. You know, and I don't talk about anything that happens in a client session outside of a client session. So therefore I can, I've been able to extrapolate that discipline to my personal life. It's like, oh, just use the same muscles that you use to keep those secrets. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just keep your mouth shut. I think it's that Um, automatic like chattiness that Gemini brings of just the storytelling or, you, you know, the blabber the nervous chatter mm-hmm. it boils down to like nervous chatter for me well do you want to talk about a few other rising sign possibilities just to you know give people some other examples of how it can play out right because there are other rising signs are there <laughs> there are, are there few. <laughs> i maybe we don't know many of them but we only know gemini rising people as we've established yeah i mean i think that it, Something to think about too, if you know your rising sign, think about it in combination with your sun sign and your moon sign. If you happen to know those three, 
and think of the relationship between them. How comfortable are those signs with each other mm-hmm. or not? You know, mm-hmm. in my case, I pointed out that they're not like Taurus, Moon, and Gemini rising are not comfortable with each other. Uh, Cancer, Sun, and Gemini rising not comfortable with each other. So therefore, you have this problematic me uh, <laughs> that's always trying to work on integrating those three things in a harmonious way. I've I got better at it, but it's you know, definitely been a challenge. So think about this for yourself out there. Like, how does your sun sign, if you know your rising sign, how does your sun sign and your moon sign meet up with that rising sign? So let's let's take randomly just Leo. Pisces for oh, a minute. Go ahead. Oh, no, Leo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you go. I want to hear Leo and then I'll do Pisces. Well, okay. So Leo has been... It's so funny being an astrologer, right? It's like you you know what these signs are about, and to me, mm-hmm. Leo should be pro- if you're projecting out there the way people are seeing you as Leo. There's the the thing about pride, right? But there's also this mm-hmm. thing about being sort of the actor and the comedian and the, the it seems like Leo would have this big energy to be, mm-hmm. um, yeah theatrical I suppose and it's interesting to me because I have a very good friend who has Leo sun and Leo rising and she is so reserved um and I I always would check her chart like over and over again and go are you sure you don't have like Pluto on the ascendant or is there a Saturn or something uh, so Leo is one of those signs. My husband also has Leo rising and he's not, mm-hmm. he's not like big and showy. He can be goofy and really funny in places where he feels comfortable, you know, around me and around friends who he's, who he's really comfortable with, but he's not showy and theatrical. He is way more introverted okay. than I am. So that one is always, that one's always a, f- a funny one to me. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. I have because I've known a couple important uh, Leo rising people in my life. Um, and that they're not, well, one I would say uh, he was definitely cartoonishly Leo, but he was also a Leo son. Mm-hmm. So Leo's son and Leo rising is a different combination altogether. And that's why you really have to take the whole thing together. But another Leo rising person I knew who was also a Leo son expressed it completely differently in that they seem very almost shy and demure um, and regal. You know, there's that Leo thing of being regal. Yes. Like, you know, carried himself very uh, like he'd come into a room and people would say, oh, that's, you know, that's somebody that really knows what they're about. Like that poise, I guess Mm -hmm. is the word I'm looking for. Um, And so there's that way of impressing people with the Leo rising. That's not about, hey, hey, look at me, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not the attention grabbing thing we think of with Leo. Right. Um, And we're going to cover all these, all these uh, astrology stereotypes in a later episode called Pop Astrology Poison. (laughs) And that will be so fun too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of these out there like Leos or, you know, uh, Kind of show offs, yeah. Show offs, and yeah, blowhards. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it can be true. Yeah. But there, <laughs> but uh, that 
it, the Leo rising is not what most people always think it is. It has a lot to do though with when that person comes into our room, you do notice them. Mm-hmm. You know, they have an aura about them that is that solar quality, you know, the sun ruling Leo. Um, and they can use that. And again, this comes back to this thing I keep thinking about with you can learn to use your ascendant like a, a tool with skill. They can use that to get certain places in their life. They can learn to put on the Leo cloak yep. and use that as a vehicle to get where they're trying to go. It's not who they really are inside mm-hmm. unless they're a Leo, <laughs> but it is also the cloak, right? Yeah. I can see that in my girlfriend. She's Leo sun and Leo rising. And just like mm-hmm. your your friend too, she has this presence about her. It's like her, her sun shining pretty yeah. big. You know, I think it's a commanding presence. She probably yeah. wouldn't say that, but I see that she has a power about her from, and it's not a, sh- it's not a showy thing. It's definitely a commanding presence more. So mm-hmm. you just notice them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, let's try another. Did how you about- want to do Pisces? You said Pisces. <laughs> how about Pisces? I just <laughs> randomly picked it. I, I actually don't know anybody with a Pisces rising that I'm immediately thinking of myself, but I've definitely had clients with Pisces rising. And I could say, you know, with Pisces rising, one of the qualities is that you can be a chameleon so that you can try on different ways of being in almost any situation Mm -hmm. and that you're going to have the power and the skill of being able to read the room or read the environment very well through your empathic nature there and then know how to act. And being a shapeshifter is part of the Pisces rising, being that chameleon. And so it's a little hard to pin down what the traits are, you know, but I do think that when a Pisces rising person enters a group, people will tend to um, want to tell that person their problems because they, they sense the empathy. They feel like, oh, you're warm and fuzzy and sensitive. You know, I want to share mm-hmm. with you. So they, the Pisces rising person tends to gather a lot of uh, people that want to share their stuff with them, you know, similarly to Scorpio energy. Um, but this is more about like, oh, I can lean on you and you're that warm and fuzzy empathic, you know, person that's going to help me out. And that can be problematic if, you know, you, depending on what else is going on in your boundaries, you don't totally. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, is there uh, any examples that come to mind for you of Pisces rising people? I actually know quite a few. My dad's one of them. And my dad is Leo, uh, moon and Capricorn sun. And he, all I notice with my dad is because he's so Capricorn, mm-hmm. so I, I feel like he uh, is detached from that Pisces piece. You know, it's it's almost mm-hmm. like he sort of tries to deny the the ascendant in his case. And but one thing I do notice about him, like, and I've noticed this in a few Pisces rising people that I know is sort of the spaciness about them too. You know, this, Mm -hmm. this, um, spacey, yeah, spacey quality and daydreamy. Mm -hmm. 
uh, sometimes you look into your their eyes and they're sort of like, where are you? Um, sort of deal, you know? And but I do definitely the the shape shifter is something that I see often the ability to to be it's like the most non-offensive rising sign I feel like right. you know because right talk about go with the flow energy yeah right totally it's like yeah it could totally fit in and just go with the flow to any situation and mm-hmm. very easygoing even if they are not feeling that way on the inside. Yep. You know, and that's the difference between having a, it be your rising sign and having it be your, like your sun sign or your moon sign is this is the outer appearance. This is not necessarily what's going on underneath the surface. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that is something that I recognize about my dad is that he is very outwardly um, go with the flow and easygoing and easy to talk to and people really and super likable, you know? So, mm-hmm. but his definition of himself is, is based on a lot of Capricorn ethic, <laughs> you know, his son really shines mm-hmm. through too. So, yeah, but he's not a buzzkill. Yeah. He's not, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's having a good time. Oh, buzzkill. So <laughs> I have a feeling buzzkill is a word we're going to be using a lot to describe <laughs> ourselves throughout this podcast. <laughs> Maybe um, so. Yeah. And then you guys um, decide what you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could well, say I carry a lot of Saturn, so give me a break, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so how about – go ahead. Who I else? Was, I, I would say one other one that comes to mind, and I, I want to get your take on this, is I find women that have Aries risings uh, – have some issues with being uh, pushed back on a lot from our culture. And I'd say, you know, I have, of course, have seen quite a few women with Aries Risings in my practice. And then I have a couple of friends with this placement as well. And it's like, they can't catch a break, you know, whether no matter what else is going on in their chart, they could be like the sweetest you know, Libra or Pisces person in their sun sign or moon sign, they are seen as, you know, confrontational or pushing buttons or crazy bitch. Yeah. Crazy bitch, basically. (laughs) Right. Uh huh. Because they're, they don't realize sometimes unless they are also an Aries sun or a moon, they don't necessarily realize how confrontational they seem. Um, they and it's not wrong. It's not that they're wrong in asserting themselves. In fact, that's the point. That's why they're born with an Aries rising. You know, we're born with the stuff we need, or we're born with the planets we need, is what Steve says. But I and we're born with the rising sign we need, and you know, so they're born with that Aries rising for protection and for uh, to be used to get where they want to go. So they're meant to be more assertive and you know, stepping forward and staking their claim in life and grabbing the reins. But because they are women in this culture, I think, you know, if we're getting into the cultural misogyny that we have around assertive women, men with this rising sign don't catch the same flack. Hmm, I wonder why, you know, (laughs) it's not the same experience. And 
you know, I do, I hear it again and again and again. And I, I just, I think it's a really strong theme that I've seen for Aries rising women. That's interesting. I don't, I mean, when I think about it, I don't know anybody with Aries rising mm-hmm. and I don't even, I feel like most of the fire signs, except for Leo, tend to like stay away from me <laughs> or I stay away from them. You know, I just have like zero fire in my chart it's, it's uh-huh. except for Saturn, like stomping out the only fire I have. So right. I get, I do, I th- feel a little intimidated by fire signs, mm-hmm. but I can see what you're saying. I can definitely see what you're saying that that is the sort of the sign, how it could be like, typically called the sign of the bitch, right? Somebody who right. knows what they want and is going to like get in there and get it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I just, I'd be curious to hear from more people out there and maybe listeners who can help us, um, either comment in the, uh, the Instagram profile for the show on this episode or just email us old school style directly or DM us on Instagram about your experiences with mm-hmm. not only if you're in Aries rising, but with your rising signs in general. I'd love to get some more information, you know, about how people are experiencing their rising signs. How people approach you as well, you know, mm-hmm. I think. So just to be fair, maybe we should choose an earth sign like Virgo. What do you think? Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Yeah. So Virgo, I always, this is how I would think about a Virgo. So I have this picture in my mind of um, all Virgo rising people having dark hair, being really well put together and having like a doctor's coat on. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of that? Awesome. Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) my image too. Is it? Well, the words, the words that I use in practice are, um, you know, people think you are well, that you have it all together, that you are well put together and you have it all together. And it's that professional exterior. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that's what's going on underneath the surface. But another thing, um, what do you think about the theory that, you know, there, the Virgo energy up front puts the problem solver, fixer, healer, mender energy up front. And so often those people get many, many more requests for help and yeah, <laughs> like, oh, you can take care of it. You're Virgo mm-hmm. rising. Like you can solve all my problems, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, because you've got Pisces on your descendant too. It's like, oh, in relationship, I feel like oftentimes those people, I, I feel like I often have like Virgo rising and then some weird um, thing happening in their seventh house where I'm like, oh, you're the helper, or you always pick these people who are broken, you know. It, I, it doesn't always <laughs> yeah. turn out that way, but, but you know, right? So, so people are coming to you for help if, yes. if you appear to be the doctor or the psychiatrist or the, you know, smart one. Right. That's true. I, I can think of And there's that word. descendant. Well, there's that descendant thing, the the setting sign thing coming in. You're right of uh, by definition, 
the rising sign will describe some of the the pitfalls of the shadow side of the rising sign will describe some of the pitfalls of the setting sign. Yeah. And so that being with the Pisces on the setting point, you're going to be maybe attracting in flaky people, you know, as Mm -hmm. a shadow uh, aspect and therefore have to fix them or want to fix them. And even though you can't, you know, you got to work on your boundary issues. There's that word again. Right. Right. Having boundaries with people. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I love this conversation we're having, but it's Me time too. to wrap it up. <laughs> it is. We could go because on forever. Now our Geminis are done talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless we want to do like a full workshop on every uh, right. rising sign, which at some point we might want to do. This is just a taste of you know, some of the experiences we've had with some of them and our own, and we hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah. Tune in again. We will be focusing on mercurial things next month. That's right. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly astrology insights, follow my Instagram at sparkthesun. Or to learn more about my offerings, go to my website at www.katiesloanastrologer.com. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as a way to show your support. You can also follow us on Instagram at Let's Get Real Astrology.